asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Let's be honest, the first place our family turns to when we're looking for a quick getaway is always Airbnb. I know we can find an amazing place to stay at the beach, like St. Simons on the Georgia coast, for instance. Mm -hmm. It's one of our favorite spots. That's what comes to mind, Matt, when I'm thinking about travel. And while you're staying at someone else's home, have you ever thought about what you could be doing with your own home? That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you are away because that is all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room if you've got one. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're answering a listener's question, is saving for college worth it? Joel, that's right, man. Uh, a listener wrote in and asked the question, should I save within a 529 for my kid's college? And yes, yeah, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about even if it makes sense as a parent, should we be saving for our children's college at all? And usually we like to reply to listener emails with a one word response, right? We just, yes, no, bye. I always just say maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we figured, you know, Mark sounded like a good guy in his email. And so we would dedicate probably what's going to be a lengthy discussion about this topic uh, in order to hopefully bring up the nuances of what you should consider when you're thinking about, you know, if you have young kids, if you're thinking about having kids someday, if you've got kids that are in middle school or elementary school, like should you be saving for their college? And, and we hope to shed some light on that today. Yeah, man. And this would be a good time too to say if any of you listeners out there have questions, we're going to hope to do more of these here in the future. Man, email us. You, you know, you're, you're welcome to comment and hit us up in the messages on the socials. But the best way though, email us. Yeah. And we're going to read all those questions that come in and hopefully we'll be able to respond to some of those in an episode format. Most definitely. So actually, real quick before we launch into the question, I broke my phone. <laughs> Have you seen my screen? Oh, yeah. I saw that you shattered your screen quickly after my wife shattered hers. So. Yeah. So you mentioned something. Have you seen any deals out there on... Uh, you, you know, I love the iPhone. Well, you know I'm a deal hunter. So 
I will say, should I, I put you to work? <laughs> you should. I got really fortunate. My wife broke uh, her phone on the exact same day that there was a 20% off coupon site-wide on eBay. So it's like literally you could buy anything. That's nice. All over eBay. And eBay comes out with those coupons like once a month, once every two months. Um, so you know, it doesn't look too bad. It looks like Emily's was <laughs> Emily was like literally getting shards of glass in her finger. <laughs> it was pretty rough. It does keep the kids away now though. Like they're like, Oh, I don't want to touch daddy's phone anymore. Yeah. Cut my fingers. But we ended up buying her a refurbished iPhone six S and I think it cost around $175. Not too shabby, but yeah, I'll be on the lookout. Yeah, be on the lookout, man. Seriously, chunks of glass are also falling off mine a little bit. And I can, for the first time, see like inside the phone, which is like, oh, look at that. It's less solid than I thought. That brings up one thought for me, for people who have smartphones out there. Put a case on it. Put a case on it. That's actually <laughs> the cheapest insurance that you can yes. have. Uh, and then, but don't buy the actual insurance through your phone carrier because it usually is very costly between 7 11 maybe even more dollars a month for the insurance. And then you have a deductible on top of that. And then, in addition, you're probably going to get a refurbished phone when uh, they replace the phone that breaks. So it's usually not worth it. Just self-insure and save up your money yeah, for when put your that phone money aside. yeah it does break, and then kind of consider buying cheaper phones. I personally don't put a case on my phone. Uh, I'm pretty careful with it, and I just I don't know. I think it kind of actually ruins it for me if you uh, case on it and it's all bulky and hard to get out of your pocket. I I kind of like rolling with a smartphone with no case. So I used to be that way, you know, like I was all about the form. I mean, that's a huge part of specifically the the iPhones, right? Like the design and the lines and like the curves and stuff, except that this current phone that I got is like a little over, I think it was two years ago, maybe. No, actually it was coming up on three. I think literally the week I had it, I went to put it back in my pocket uh, and missed (laughs) (laughs) me. And I was, I was out for a walk at night and I was like, no. And I checked the glass and it didn't break. But then when I got home, it had landed directly on like the edge, like on the bezel and dented the metal. Like there's a huge, huge gash, but it did not crack the glass. But literally after that, I was like, seriously, I've had this for a week. I've got to get a case now for the first time ever. I'm going to put a case on my iPhone. And I had a case on here, except that I've been running. You know, I've been running lately. Yeah. And I use this armband and I have to take the case off when I put the phone in the armband. Uh. And so when I took the phone out as I was cool, you know, a cool down, my hands are all sweaty and slippery because it's freaking thousand degrees in Atlanta. It slipped out of my hand and freaking landed on the street. Then I've been meaning to ask you, what are you running from, by the way? Like, (laughs) are you tormented? (laughs) Is there something? My fears, (laughs) imaginary animals. Dude, I just, you you couldn't pay me to run like that. Biking. I'm all about it. Yeah. Biking's fun. I don't know. Something about running, man. It's just so simple. So, I, I mean, I have my phone with me, but I use it to just track my speed, right? I mean, it, to track my distance and all that kind of stuff. I don't like, I don't listen to stuff. I don't listen to music. I just like to zone out and just kind of clear my head and, and start my mornings off that way where I'm able to just get the blood flowing. And well, specifically, I signed up for a race. I'm training for that. It's just my excuse to once a year start running a few months out of the year and, and to run in a hundred degree heat in july yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in massive humidity uh, the, the humidity is terrible it, it doesn't get that hot that early but uh, i try to run early anyway that's how i cracked my phone right, well i will be yeah. looking around the interwebs because you know that is one of my gifts finding a deal so i'll see what i can do for you yeah maybe you'll convert me over and, and see if you can try to get me on the android oh android i've been trying phone. i've been trying you know what? If the deal's good enough, you, it might make it happen. <laughs> it's true. You know why? Because I, because I haven't been self-insuring and I don't have the money set aside already. Like, yeah, I could go buy a phone, you know, a decent phone now. Maybe not the new one, like the X or whatever. I, I don't want to drop a thousand. Oh, freaking 
thousand bucks on a new phone. Who's but. got that kind of money? Oh, also, don't lease a phone. That's a terrible oh, yeah. idea too. That's like <laughs> paying monthly payments and then not keeping it at the end. That's like leasing a car. Don't lease a yeah. phone. Yeah, that's I guess the most expensive way to own a fancy new phone. That's gonna well, and you say own, put put own in quotes. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> to have a phone, use, utilize for a while. Um, but so yeah, I wanted to Matt since we're talking about saving for college tonight. I wanted to quickly uh, tell our tell listeners about our college experience. So how many keg stands did you do in college <laughs> is my first question. Zero, man. Oh, good. Oh, me too, actually. Yeah, we were, we were both straight edges. We were so <laughs> tame <laughs> in college. Yeah, man. But even still, we had, I had an amazing time in college. I went to school, Georgia, UGA, which everyone knows is a fantastic school. I could probably name both the colleges I went to and no one would know the mascot. So <laughs> Our college experiences probably couldn't be any more different, I'm going to guess. Uh, so I went to a small private school for the first two years and everybody knew everybody and we, we would have like foot races. <laughs> and like, like we just did the weirdest things for fun. Uh, we would uh, we would like play poker or a lot of video games, you know, stuff standard, like that. Yeah. Like to be honest, dude, that was the majority of like what happened at Georgia for for me as well. But but specifically, I wanted to ask you too, like sort of what was your parents' like expectation for you, like to go to college? Was it a big deal? You know, like was it expected? Did you come from like a long line of like college professors or graduates, sort of thing, where it was just like, oh yeah, you better go to school, or was it sort of like, uh, yeah, do your own thing, dude? You know, I think it was always assumed, but there was this never this overbearing expectation put on it either. I think if I nice had whatever I did, if it w- if, if they thought that it was well thought out and that I really felt compelled to do something, I think they would have supported me. And so if that was to go be an underwater welder or whatever that might be, I think uh, my parents would have said, go for it. That's great. I thought you were going to say like the classic underwater basket weaving. Uh, <laughs> they might not have supported that because there's probably not much direction in that. But um, both of my parents graduated from college and education is important to us. Yeah. But also it wasn't this big built up thing where, yeah. um, y- y- you know, you have to achieve this certain level of education or in our eyes, you're a failure. There was there was none of that. Right. Yeah. I'm with you, dude. My parents are, are very. Yeah. We had, we had similar parents, I guess, in that regard. There's definitely an expectation. And with that expectation came money as well. And so like there's a big chunk of money set aside for me to go to college and like my mom and my like my dad i remember my dad specifically like talking to me (laughs) and just being like look you don't have to go to college but just know that this would probably make break your mom's heart (laughs) because she's korean and i think the asian sort of culture and and mindset of higher education it's very esteemed right it's it's sort of like oh well that's what you do there's like no questions asked Certainly, I know she would have loved me. <laughs> like, had I not gone to college and taken that money and, you know, maybe either invested it or started a business. But fact is, I didn't have any sort of direction. And, you know, so I was like, okay, college, that sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> well, I think that's actually probably one of the biggest things in the plus column for going to college is that you get that direction. You get that uh, yeah, direction. And exactly. especially in this day and age when you're, you know, 17 or 18 and you're applying to go to college, most kids at that age have zero idea what they want to do and and really like don't have any of the life skills even right. in order yeah. to pursue something that they might even have an inkling they want to do. And and I know that Unless those... you're a total genius like Elon Musk or something like that and you just know exactly what you want to do. Right. Or that Bill Gates type yeah. or Steve yeah. whatever. But so I think that four years for me was really formative like relationally, culturally, the things that I... Yeah, you learn the, a lot. The things that I learned just outside the classroom, I think, were mm-hmm. equally as important, if not more important to me, than what I learned inside the classroom going to college. So that might not be what college is for, but, <laughs> but that was so... I mean, I just remember looking back, those were the things right. that were formative for me. 
No, no. I think it's good that we actually talk about that because we're going to spend the rest of the podcast probably talking about why you shouldn't go to college. <laughs> or not, not, maybe not why you shouldn't, but we're, I mean, we're going to have more... Or ultimately not why you shouldn't, but like why you shouldn't maybe not be saving yeah, for your yeah, kid's yeah. college, right? So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like we're going to highlight more of the reasons why... And just in general, we're kind of knocking it down a few spots on the totem pole, right? Like, you know, it's not like this be-all, end-all thing that you put all your money towards. I think that's kind of how we're going to end up walking away from this episode. But there, like you said, there's a lot of intangible things that you learn in college that you, that's really hard to quantify. The relationships, the people that you meet, and all those sort of personal things that you mentioned too. But it's so funny how like we both love beer so much, but neither of us have these amazing keg stand beer stories. <laughs> I know. You'd think we would, right? I feel kind of lame, to be honest. Speaking of beer, though, let's pop this one. Uh, it's time to make up for lost lost time all the last years. <laughs> That's why we have to drink at least once a week on the podcast now. I'll pop this beer right now from Firestone Walker. It's a wild ale fermented with strawberries. Yeah. As you could hear, this is another corked and cage. What do we what do we have last week? Is this two beers in a row, two weeks in a row that we've had fancy beers? It sure is. Yeah. The uh, Russia River Consecration. Yes. Yeah. So this is two California beers back to back, two donated beers from friends back to back. So nice. last week, our friend Carl donated uh, the beer. And then this week, Mr. Um, 1500. That's right. My friend Josh, who I don't think he has any uh, Twitter handle or blog that he wants repped, but just a really good friend for a long time. And uh, he lives out in California and has access to these amazing beers. And he went to the Firestone Walker Brewery. And this is a big name out west, yeah. out in California, right? Well, I think they're in a lot of states too overall. I mean, I think they're probably in more than half of the states distributing now. And so, but he went uh, to the actual brewery and got this beer. It is Gorgeous. called. Champs de Fraise. I, I shouldn't even do it. I shouldn't even try it. <laughs> so, uh, so, I mean, I'm thinking of like in, like in Paris, the Cham, the Cham de Champs Cham, de Lise. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Cham, I think Cham so. De so, Josh, thank you for providing this beer. I'm super pumped to dip into it. Yeah, tell us about this beer, Joel. This is so wild ale for a minute with, with uh, strawberries. It hung out in French oak barrels for 15 months. Uh, so... I think people that listen to the podcast know, I think we're both kind of obsessed with sour beers with fruit in them. And this is one of those. Well, in fact, it is too, man. It's summertime. And so, you know, we, we can have an occasional stout here and there. But, you know, these bright, tart, refreshing sours with a little bit of fruit added are especially delicious in the summer. But a sour like this, yeah, particularly refreshing. Dude, I just stuck my nose in there. Holy crap. That is like, it smells like beer concentrate, man. I think this thing's about to knock us back. Cheers. Oh, wow. That beer is like really tart in the perfect way. It's more tart than consecration. It's more tart oh, than, yeah. than most of the beers we've had but on this podcast. Man, that strawberry has almost like this nice sort of funky edge to it. The oak and the strawberries really come through nicely. Um, and then with that really nice tart finish. Oh, that's delicious. That's really great. Thank you, Josh, for sending this over. I mean, my goodness that's delicious yeah thanks josh all right enough about beer on to our listener mark's question here's what he said he said i was wondering about your thoughts on saving for a child's education my wife and i both work at colleges she's a professor i'm a counselor and we're actually not sure what college will look like in 15 years and what the value proposition will be also will our kids even want to go to college we haven't made decisions on a 529 or other account but starting to have the discussion thanks fellas mark awesome question and I say that because this is a discussion that my wife and I started having several years ago too. Being self-employed, 
we quickly realized that we didn't need to go to school <laughs> to do what it was that at the time we were both working in the business. And so we were both photographers and neither of us went to school for that. And neither of us have taken a formal class. <laughs> but that being said, we both went to a state college for four years and got our got our undergrad. So there was a period there where we were both like, college sucks. <laughs> like, what's the point? You know, it's not practical at all. And we kind of went through this whole phase where we're like, nobody should ever go to school. Certainly that's advice that isn't for everyone, right? Like if you want to be a doctor, you got to be a science major. You have to, those are the steps you, you know, you need to take. But yeah, it's good to kind of revisit this, uh, this discussion and kind of cover some of these topics. Yeah. I think even from the beginning, Mark is kind of thinking about it properly. I like the way that even as a husband and wife that both work at a college, he's still saying, oh, like, yeah. I, I, what is this? Yep. What's the value proposition? What are things going to look like in 15 years? Will our kids even want to go to college? Like those yeah. are the right questions are to be awesome, asking. Awesome, awesome questions, Mark. Because <laughs> usually people are like, how much should I be putting in? Oh, yeah, the assumption is, of course, we're going to save. And this is just what you do, of course, right? That's you just know? the right thing to do, yeah. right? And so I, I like the questions that he's asking. And I think it, there are obviously a bunch of things that go into this. The first thing is it kind of depends on how your family views college. So, you know, Matt and I were just talking about kind of the expectation for our families and, you know, they were similar, but a little different. Mark, with both you and your wife uh, working at a college, the likelihood of your children wanting to go to college is higher. I mean, the statistics will bear out too that, you if know, your parents go to your, college, it's assumed sort of basically. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a much greater chance that you will, and especially working in a college. So for them, a 529 plan, that's like one check in that in that box. There's just a greater likelihood that it's going to happen. And, uh, you know, I think we'll give you kind of a lot of unchecked boxes that you need to think through. But that's just kind of one thing. OK, there's a good likelihood that your kids, all things being equal and based on statistics, are they're much more likely than a lot of other children to end up pursuing higher education. Yeah. And so Mark, you specifically asked about the 529. And so for you, unless there's something that you didn't share, like I think there's a good chance that your your kids or your kid would be going to college, in, in which case it might make sense for you to, to be setting aside money uh, in a 529 plan. You didn't mention whether or not you guys are, you know, are, are kind of maxing out your retirement savings. I think that's something that we would, would want to see in a, in a particular order. But yeah, so let's talk about the 529 specifically. Let's, a lot of you listeners out there probably have heard maybe the term 529 plan, but you may not exactly know what that is. Let's dive into that right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. 
Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Yeah, I think, Matt, like we talked about in our investment basics episodes, like there's like a lot of different numbers and letters and all these things put together for all these different retirement accounts. And most people probably have heard 529, but then, you know, well, what is it? Uh, and so it is an investment account specifically designed to help you save for college. Uh, and it's got great benefits. The investments are allowed to grow on a tax deferred basis and your withdrawals will be 100% tax free, no matter how much profit you've seen from those investments, uh, as long as those proceeds are used for qualifying education expenses. Uh, and you can kind of look to see what those things are that, that computers and room and board and things like that also count. You can use 529 yep. money for those That's things, right. not just for the tuition bill. But the other thing about 529 plans is that many states offer a tax deduction or credit on your contributions into a 529 plan. So a lot of people think, boom, I want to do this so I can you know avoid paying state taxes on that income. And so that can be you know a, r- a really good way to to use a 529 plan to kind of lessen your tax burden yeah. um, and save for your kids' college in the in the same way. Nice. Yeah. And another huge benefit too, man, is that uh, it's transferable. And so even... And it's good to mention this too, because Mark, you like the way you wrote kids in your question, you kind of put the S in parentheses. 
which tells me, I guess, that maybe you have one child <laughs> and that you might have multiple, so down the road. And to me, that's a huge distinction to make there because with a single kid, it's like, well, we're going to set all this money aside and there's a chance that, you know, that, that kid may not go to college. Well, if you have two or more, there's a much greater chance that one of those kids will go to college, right? And so, you know, say your first kid doesn't end up going to college. Well, you still have kid number two and maybe even kid number three plus <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that you can transfer uh, the benefits of that 529 to. Yeah. And you can even transfer it to you or your wife or, oh, yeah. or a nephew or a niece or something like that. And so if you are just dead set against taking the tax hit, which we'll mention in a minute, uh, you can transfer it to a wide variety of people. You can go back to school yourself and use those funds uh, and still claim that tax benefit. So hey, Joel, you could go back and do that underwater welding, you know? Dude, I'd be so good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's such a good swimmer these days. I, bet, I feel like I can see you underwater holding your breath. That's true. Getting uh, the welds in real quick. My concentration <laughs> level might be lacking in order to, to perform that job, but I think I heard it pays well, so I'll, I'll consider it. So yeah, I mean, those are just a couple of the benefits of a 529 plan. This isn't necessarily going to be an episode where we talk through all the pros and all the cons of all the different ways that you could potentially save for college. And of the college-specific savings accounts out there, it's probably the most popular one. And so we definitely want to make sure we, we hit this one. And then we're going to spend the rest of the episode talking about some alternatives to that uh, and some maybe some more creative ways to think about not only saving, but just thinking about higher education uh, in general. Yeah, let's hit a few of the drawbacks of a 529 plan real quick. The biggest drawback that it has is that it has to be used for educational expenses. Otherwise, you'll get hit with a 10% penalty, uh, and that will be counted as federally taxed income, plus the state rate if you receive that state deduction or credit. Another big drawback potential is high costs. Each state has their own 529 program, and different states offer different investments inside of that 529. The 529, again, is like the vehicle and the, the investments inside are like the passengers. And so, you know, one 529 plan could be great, low cost, widely diversified. And another 529 plan uh, could have investments that are high cost and not widely diversified. And so you don't want to enter into a plan like that. So definitely watch out for the high cost plans. And in general, I mean, it could be underperforming as well, right? Just aside from the costs. I mean, it, it depends on what they offer and allow you to invest uh, within your 529, right? Like sometimes there's like a, basically like a limited menu uh, of options. And if you're stuck with one of those 529s, you're probably going to see that account. Yeah, just underperform. Yeah, but there are great resources out there for you to essentially review each state's 529 plan and see whether the state you live in offers one that you should consider participating in. So in particular, there's a great resource at Clark.com. That's the place where I work, by the way, for full disclosure. And Clark Howard, my boss, has put together a really good list of the 529 plans you should consider and the ones that you should stay away from. And that's essentially based on what states offer a decent tax break for you for investing. And then on top of that, which states offer great funds at low costs so that your money is actually you know, working and growing, hopefully for your kid, as opposed to getting eaten up by fees by the plans administrator. Awesome. Yeah, man. So that's the 529 plan. And you know, we would recommend that if there's a high likelihood of your kids going to college and if you have prioritized retirement savings. Yeah, that's right, Matt. There's uh, a few reasons why we think it's way more important to be focused on saving for retirement than it is to be focused on saving for your child's college future. Kind of the main reason for that is 
there are lots of ways that you'll be able to pay for college. And there just aren't that many ways to pay for your own retirement. Right. And we'll kind of give you some things to consider, you know, a little bit later in the podcast about how to pay for college other ways. But really, no one else is going to help fund your retirement. And so making sure that you've got that buttoned up, making sure that you're contributing up to the match and hopefully more in your 401k, making sure that if you meet the income limit eligibility that you're fully funding a Roth for you. And if you're married for you and your spouse, and if you exceed those income limits, then making sure that you are are putting a substantial amount into a traditional IRA, essentially prioritizing your retirement over your kid's college future is more important and actually ultimately better for them at the same time. Yeah, man. You know, one way I'm thinking about it too is like when you're on the airplane and they always say that like if the mask drops, uh, make sure you put it on yourself before helping others around you, especially your kids. <laughs> right? It's like the that's, same. That's a perfect yeah, analogy. Yeah, it's like the same thing because oftentimes you think, oh crap, my kid. Or, you know, a good parent should say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you're thinking about it soundly and, and if you're thinking about it ahead of time, which is why they have those videos that no one ever listens to, including myself. <laughs> um, but you want to get it on yourself first. That way you can help others. You That way you can help your children and elderly, whoever else around you, uh, get their masks on too so they don't pass out. I think the same thing apply, applies with this. You know, like you kind of need to get your own footing to be solid before you're able to kind of start working on, you know, setting aside the funds to specifically to, to go towards children's college. Yeah. And I think it would be better for your kid to rack up some student loans and have to pay those off, you know, over the next 10, 15, 20 years, than to find out that you're destitute in retirement and not have student loans uh, to deal with, but then have to figure out, you know, how to support you and, and make that work in retirement. I, I think it makes a whole lot more sense to be saving for your retirement. The, the other thing too, is that your, your retirement accounts have longer to grow more compounding interest to make. A 529 account, even if you open it when your child is born, is going to have you know 18 years to grow and to compound. You're going to have extra cycles of compounding interest on your retirement accounts that are going to grow and grow and grow. And so... If uh, you, yeah. So what you're saying then, yeah, had you not contributed to that, you're going to be missing out on some massive final compounding interest years there in the end. Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's another another check in the box of saving for retirement uh, as opposed to saving for your kid's college. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is too, is kids are young, you know, like they're strong. They can figure out, figure things out while they're young and take on an extra job. Like when you're old, you don't want to have to deal with that. Like, <laughs> you know, like you want to be taking on a second job, you know, taking on additional hours in order to make up some of those lost years where you weren't contributing to your retirement. I mean, no, that's, that's, that's the answer. No, you, you want to be in a, in a position to where that's, that's already going for you. And hopefully from a position of financial strength, you can, at that point, look to maybe help your children out after the fact. I think that's maybe even a better approach than to sort of sacrifice on the front end for yourself, but then you're sort of in a much weaker position long term. And then they're almost having to kind of pull you up versus you being in a, in a position of, of financial strength. Yeah. I mean, again, there's really a lot of ways to pay for college. There are a lot of options. There are grants, there are scholarships. But when it comes to paying for retirement, essentially, since pensions are super rare now, we have to foot more of the bill for our own retirement. Yeah. And so that's something that we have to plan for. There's no retirement scholarship. <laughs> right. Right. It's and called the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> which you shouldn't be playing. Yeah. And so, yeah, saving now and saving well for your retirement is the biggest priority. I want to say too, in a perfect world, like all the above, right? Like, the, the, but I think what we're talking about here is kind of finite resources. You know, most of us can't afford to fully fund a 401k and a Roth 
and save you know a good chunk of change for our kids college and so well where do you prioritize if you have limited funds and so that's kind of where we're trying to hit right uh, you know mark i don't know exactly how much money you have going towards all of those things but just kind of you know run through the list hey how am i doing saving for retirement am i saving a good chunk am i at a good pace and that's really the first question to ask before you consider opening a 529 account just to clarify here a 529 is like we said designed specifically for college savings we're touching on retirement accounts, right? So our favorite being a Roth IRA. We're talking about how we, we want to prioritize that because that kind of comes first. You want to have a solid financial footing before you're, you're looking to start saving for your kids' uh, college. But also too, I mean, with a Roth, you're able to withdraw. And a lot of people know this, right? But you can withdraw any of your contributions to a Roth for anything. Tax and penalty free. Tax, exactly. Tax and penalty free. So if you're looking for some extra cash uh, for when your kids are, are going off to school and you've been contributing, you know, you've been maxing out and say maybe even you've got a spouse or a significant other as well that's also been contributing to a Roth. I mean, I mean right now the, the, the contribution limit is 5500 a year. I mean, that's a lot of money that you can sock away over not just 18 years from, from the time that you have a kid, but potentially since you had your job, you know, since you were first employed and if you started saving then, that's... I mean, that's potentially decades worth of, of, you know, 20, 30 years worth of savings that you can draw on. That's not something you necessarily want to count on, but it's worth noting that that's there uh, as, as an option. Yeah. And the tax break, depending on what state you're in, it could be the exact same essentially as a Roth, or it could be a little bit better, but there are a couple of risks involved, right? That you have to use it for education expenses. And then if not, you're hit with a tax and penalty. And so the Roth is just this, hey, I know I'm retiring, right? I, I know I'm going to need money at some point in the future for myself to live on. And so you're kind of skipping that gamble by putting money directly in a Roth as opposed to in a 529 account. Awesome. So the next, what we want to talk about then are sort of some true alternatives and things that you want to consider as you start thinking about college, as you start having these discussions with your children, you know, aside from, okay, how much should we save and where should I put the money? There's sort of some, you know, let's like zoom out a little bit and even think about college from, you know, hopefully even a different perspective. Yeah. So the first thing to consider is kind of a cultural shift that's happening with how our society views work and college is great for so many people. And I think Matt and I would both say that it's been worth it and good for us. But we also need to kind of think outside the box a little bit. There's lots of money to be made right now in blue collar careers and the people that are skilled laborers, good with their hands, uh, that have people skills. And so learning a trade is becoming more and more valuable. You know, I made a joke about underwater welding, but I mean, yeah, that's true though, right? <laughs> <laughs> but underwater welders make a heck of a lot more money than I do. And things are changing so much in the workforce. Uh, with jobs and AI and computerization, that there are a lot of jobs right now that you know people go get an English degree, get a master's degree, and the pay is so low. Uh, and, but then there are industries out there that are begging for workers that require you know months or years of training and no college that oftentimes can be paid for. Uh, by that employer uh, and like while you're working. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And then you're essentially set up to make a heck of a lot more money than someone with a history or an English degree or a master's degree in a lot of different areas. Yeah. So certainly those are jobs and, and careers where a four-year undergrad degree or, or additional schooling, yeah, wouldn't be necessary. And along those lines too, man, even like artists, you know, like I think back to like what Kate and I did when we started uh, the photography company. Did, did we need to go to college for that? No. <laughs> I mean, we, we learned a ton. There's a lot of, again, like we said earlier, like a lot of intangible things that we learned in, in that period of time. But at the same time, 
we've had zero formal education in regards to what we actually do as, as far as photography specific. We've had zero formal education in, in running our own business. We've learned all of that through friends, through going to the, just different workshops in the city, going through just researching online. And with our world today, man, there's a lot of resources out there. There's a lot of resources online where you're able to learn the things that you want to learn if you know that there's something you want to pursue. And so, yeah, I don't think this means that you should push your child who is super into you know, history or English into you know, underwater welding necessarily. <laughs> but it's just something to consider, right? That there are a lot of high paying jobs, plumbers, HVAC technicians, contractors, those sorts of jobs are in high demand right now. Yeah. And so you don't want to put a square peg in a round hole, but it's just something to consider as uh, as the shape of the workforce changes and the kind of jobs that are being lost as technology advances. It's just food for thought for when it, yeah. for when you're thinking about where to put your money to save for the future. Yeah, there's probably not going to be a robot that like can lay down and crawl up under your sink and you know reconnect the, the pipe that your kid broke or something like right, that. You right, right. It makes me think of our friend... Uh, our attorney friend that lives down the street from us, he, he like always complains about how much the plumbers make. He's like, man, their hourly rate is more than I make. Like, <laughs> you know, he's like, plumbers are going to rule the world. And they don't have all that college debt. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like we joke about it, but you know, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of actual truth here, which is why, you know, why we want to bring it up. So, yeah. Another thing is you should really consider spending the money that you would have saved in a 529 account right now on things that will enrich your kids. So, interesting books, memberships to museums, uh, traveling. Man, I, I know that uh, a lot of kids who are, are able to travel in their preteen, teenage years, those sorts of experiences with their parents mean a lot. Developing that re relationship with you as the parent, right? Like that father, son, that mother, daughter, or whatever, that family time that you have together traveling is so meaningful. And then on top of that, travel is such an eye-opening experience for all of us, but especially yeah. for a kid to see another culture, uh, history, you know, going to Europe and seeing things that are so much older than we can even imagine here in the United States, spending money on things like that for your kids experiences now, as opposed to, uh, you know, basically lightening their college bill later on, those can be such meaningful experiences and just consider whether your money is better spent now forming those cultural experiences as opposed to saving for their future education. Yeah, dude, that's great. I think what's important to note there too is that it's not like these experiences are going to replace college, right? It's not like it's instead of setting aside the money for tuition, we're going to do this instead as if like that was able to be like a one for one sort of thing. I think a good way to look at it too is that it kind of, like you said earlier, like opens their minds, like opens their eyes a little bit. And I think it changes the way they learn as well. It's, it kind of opens their eyes to receiving knowledge in a different, more informal sort of way. And, you know, again, this sort of points them in the direction of consider other things other than the standard four-year degree, which is what Joel and I both did. <laughs> but there's, there's a lot of options. And when you're able to see the whole world for sort of what it is, I think it does challenge you to literally look at the world slightly differently than had you not had those experiences. It, it sort of just shapes the way kids learn and perceive uh, new information and sort of training them to learn more efficiently and differently is, is what's really valuable there. Yeah, so I completely agree. I mean, after after college, uh, I got a job and I worked there for like six months. And then I quit and I went on a road trip around the country for three months. And that 
changed me in so many ways. And just the way I perceive the world, the things that I take seriously or don't take seriously, the cultural norms that I assumed were correct or that I thought were important. And then they just didn't seem to hold as much weight for me after that, right? And so I think that can be the same for your kids as you do those things. And as you maybe, maybe instead of, you know, saving for in a 529 account, you take them to a major musical that comes to town or pay for music lessons, right? Learning an instrument can train a child's brain in such an interesting way. But I guess just think outside the box. Uh, there are a lot of ways that you could put that money to use that can grow your relationship with your child or then also kind of grow their aptitude for learning in different and creative ways that can have a much longer lasting effect than essentially just lessening their college bill that they have to pay after their four years are up. After a quick break, we'll continue to talk about some more legit alternatives to saving in a 529 plan. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money joel so we were just recounting our trip to scotland this is the trip that we took this time last year actually with some of our friends over the weekend and one of the highlights from edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best 
meat pie shop. Mm-hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're making (laughs) making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, Matt, we just kind of went high level, grand scheme of things. Let's talk specifics. It turns out that 52% of kids get scholarship or grant money to go to college. Lots of states offer scholarships and tuition support, making college virtually free. And there are more that might follow suit. So if you live in certain states, either community college or state schools are essentially free in different spots around the country if you maintain a certain GPA. Yeah, some of these GPAs aren't even like (laughs) that high, man. I was looking at some of these some of the different states and like I know for the one that Georgia has like the hope scholarship like or at least it used to be like you needed to maintain a 3.0 but some of them are they're in the twos you know I was just like man this is free money like it's not that difficult right to maintain a, a C average or above but uh did you is that what you had did you have hope yeah so the first two years I went to an out-of-state school a private school and ended up racking up a little bit of student loans right but then right. I, I wised up and I came back and took the free money for the last exactly. two. exactly yeah and then in, in addition to like this big state scholarships like that, there's just other smaller scholarships and work study programs. Uh, I mean, we kind of touched on that earlier, but you just need to know where to find them. Fastweb.com is a great site to, to explore. 52% of kids get scholarships or grants for college. I mentioned that site. So Fastweb, it's basically this site where you get to, I mean, you register and they just have like this catalog of all the possible scholarships and grants, basically all the free money out there that's out there for your education. And you kind of fill out like a profile and it matches you up kind of automatically for scholarships that you already qualify for, which sounds awesome, right? That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. It's just such an efficient, smart way to to go about it. It kind of makes me want to do it <laughs> just to see how much like how much uh how many scholarships could i get like right now even because i mean dude as a kid I'd, i was terrible at that i mean i got my i got the hope and that paid for all of my school but i still had to pay for books and other school fees and stuff like that and there's a lot of scholarships out there that can even apply to your room and board you know like these additional costs that you have that at least when i was 18 and going to, into college i just assumed that it was just like oh that's just part of that's just part of school that's just what you have to pay but Man, that's not the case. You know, had I gotten these scholarships and scored some of these sweet programs to pay for that, I would have been able to keep that money in my pocket. Yeah. I want to say too that when I was in school, I did a work study program on campus and that essentially paid for a decent chunk of my education for the, those first two years when I was going to the private school. And man, it also helped me to take my education really seriously. Oh yeah. That I okay. kind of had a stake in the game, um, that it wasn't just kind of being handed to me on a silver platter, but you know what, if I'm going to go here, if I'm making this choice, like I'm, I got to work for it. And so I think that's like a worthwhile thing to ask your child to do to, you know, five or 10 hours a week of work study on campus, um, or, or even potentially an off campus job. You know, college is really fun. I remember being in college and thinking I was busy. And now, you know, with uh, the kind of life I lead today, 
I can't imagine how I thought I was ever busy in college, but uh, your kid can definitely handle taking, you know, 15 or 16 or 17 hour course load. And then on top of it, you know, working five to 10 hours a week, I think that creates a sense of ownership over that college experience and can actually probably help them take their classes more seriously at the same time. Dude. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Like having skin in the game, you know, where like there's like sweat equity, like literally you're working and paying for your school. That is so valuable. And, and honestly, like a lot of parents can't pay for their or can't help contribute to their, their children's education. Like it sucks for a kid to have to pay for their own college dumb, but it's way worse for the parents to not be prepared for retirement because they just don't have the time. You know, you don't have the time to catch up because you're older <laughs> and like kids are young and, and youth, you have the option to take on multiple jobs and, and work really hard when you're younger to kind of dig your way out of that student loan, you know? But yeah, it's a lot tougher to be reaching the end of your working career where you're going to have fewer options to save for retirement. Another thing too is uh, I think it's important to explain the costs of college to your child and encourage them to choose an affordable option. For instance, we mentioned the state scholarships, but let's say your state doesn't offer that. Well, community college is so much cheaper than going to a private school or even just an in-state college. The average cost of in-state community college is less than $5,000 a year. So even if you can convince your child to do their first two years at a community college and then move on to get their degree from another institution, just that one move alone could save them tens of thousands of dollars in student loan debt that they'll have to pay back over the next 10, 15, 20 years. Makes me think of uh, Community, like the TV show. <laughs> I love that show. Did you? Yeah, did you watch that back in the oh, back yeah. in the day? So good. The other thing too is that even if you can afford to pay for your, your your kids' college, you may decide that you don't want to. Just depending on how you view the view the world and just sort of your outlook on finances and just what it is that you want your children to experience, you might even decide that that's not the best thing for you to do for them. You know, as the for your children as individuals. And we want to encourage you guys too to not feel guilty, right? To not feel the sort of pressure of like, oh, I can't believe you're not saving for your, your kid's college. The way we spend time with our, our children has a lot more uh, bearing on, on, on the way we, that we love them than just how much money we were able to sock away and put towards their, their school that they may or may not, you know, go to down the road. So fight the urge to feel that guilt because I think there's a lot of things that we do in regards to our money uh, that's sort of guilt driven. And it needs to be out of love. If, if, if that's something that you want to do, then man, go for it. But don't at all feel guilty if that's either not a part of your financial plan because it's not able to be, or if you just decide that it's not going to be part of your financial plan. Yeah. So I think ultimately it's a 529 plan isn't a huge priority. And if you do feel like your kids are definitely going to get a higher education and that's important to you and you really do want to save for their college education, I mean, a 529 plan is a great vehicle but make sure that you're maxing out your retirement accounts first because it's more important to get that step right and make sure that you're taken care of in retirement before you start saving for your kid's future. And then let's say even if you're not sure if your kids are going to college, right? Like it's just a, they're kind of on the fence or you think that they, you know, that they probably aren't going to go to college. Well, like the same thing applies. Just continue to invest like you normally would. And if they do end up going to college, well, there's ways that you can sort of tap into some of that. Like we talked about earlier with the Roth or you can just fund it out of your regular investments. You know, it's not, is it going to be completely optimized with all the tax advantages that you would see in a 529? No. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like it's not going to be like the 529. There are advantages uh, when it comes to the taxation on that. But the fact is a lot of people just don't know if their kids are going to go to college and yeah, for them invest like you normally would. All right, Matt, that brings up the question that I want to know, cause I don't know whether you save for your kid's college or not. So you've got three young girls, have you started saving for their college at all? 
Dude, that's a great question. And honestly, the short answer is no. Like we haven't specifically, right? We haven't specifically set money aside for college in, in a college savings account. Next question. Why don't you love your children? <laughs> but we have been smart and wise with our money and we have lots of other investments. For instance, real estate, you know, I mean, how much college, <laughs> you know, where we just sell a single house and then take the proceeds from that. Shoot, you'd be able to fund three kids worth of college, you know, assuming they were in state and not going off to an Ivy League school. So have we started saving specifically for that? No. Uh, but are we taking the steps that we've talked about in this episode as far as making sure that we have a solid foundation uh, set up from all, for Kate and I to where we have the option to contribute to their education down the road? And to that, yes, you know, like we have taken those steps. It might be time soon, though, to, to start maybe setting aside money specifically towards a 529 for us because we've got three kids, you know, and that's one of the things we talked about is that that's one of the huge advantages of a 529 is to be able to transfer that uh, and, and take that and necessarily have it maybe some for one kid. But then if they don't use all of it to be able to, you know, push that to, to another, that's just a sweet thing to be able to do, you know, um, and the likelihood that one of my three kids at least would go to college, I think is pretty high. You've got two bright girls, though. What do you? Yeah, what are you thinking, man? Yeah, currently I'm not saving for their college at all, and I just don't see it becoming a priority anytime soon for us. You know, there's a guy that I know who's a real estate investor, and he essentially, when his daughter was born, bought a quad quadplex and bought it on a 15-year note, and said, you know what, this essentially is her college education right here. I'm kind of more partial to real estate. It's something that I really enjoy, and. Yeah. Uh, I'd, so I'd rather put my money there and kind of see what happens and maybe not have the most tax advantaged account possible saving for a kid's college. But hopefully I'll be pointing my girls in the direction of cheaper school or free school when it comes to you know state scholarships and other scholarships and grants that exist. And so very little of my money will have to go towards their education or maybe they'll choose another path altogether. Like we mentioned, you know, our society is changing when it comes to work. And I think like work could look a whole lot different by the time they are college age. You know, that will be in self-driving cars and, you know, yeah, AI, all these different things, man. I don't know what the world's going to look like. And so I'd hate to be putting money in something like that as opposed to, you know, building my wealth for the future that, that they will certainly be able to partake of in other ways. I just hate to put my money, you know, in this one account that's reserved for one purpose. That and that alone. Yeah. yeah as opposed to building exactly. my other assets. Yeah. Do you think that would change if you had more than two kids? That's a good question. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. If What if you had five though? You know, you're like, okay, certainly one of these five Someone's kids. Wouldn't, like, wouldn't you want to get like the sweet tax benefits of, uh, of, of that 529? Even... I'm not saying that you would want to like completely dump tons of money in there because that's the other thing you want to be careful of too is to not overfund a 529 because yeah, you're earmarking that money and that's the only thing that you can do with that money. I'll say I think if I had more kids and had a higher income, it would change things. Like yeah. if the essentially the tax benefit was greater, but where I'm at income level wise, uh, it makes more sense for me to do you know a Roth as opposed to trying to limit my tax exposure. And so... Uh, I'd rather take the tax hit now uh, and not take it later. And that's why I do a Roth. But, you know, people that are making a lot higher income, let's say you're making, you know, $250,000 a year. You know, I think a 529 account makes more sense for you if you're a higher income earner because deferring those taxes now actually makes a lot more sense. And so if I was in a higher tax bracket, I would completely consider uh, a 529 account a lot more seriously. For where I'm at now, I just it just really doesn't make that much sense. 
Well, yeah, man. Once poor not poor starts making bank, you're going to have to want to get that tax deferred growth. That's a good point. <laughs> um, well, Mark, thanks again for the question, man. Uh, we talked a lot about the 529 and saving for college and just alternatives to that. And hopefully we gave you plenty to think about. It's not a, you know, it's not a clear cut straight yes or no answer. There's a lot of, again, with personal finance, man, there's just so much personal preference that kind of goes into this and things to consider for you and your own family and, and your children. Hopefully, though, this did give you more information and you feel a little more confident in whatever decision uh, you and your wife decide to, to move forward with. Yeah, and if I could boil it down to two things, I would say prioritize your own retirement savings yep. very highly, number one. And then you know what? Spend your money now on things that will enrich your kids and enrich your family. Even if your kids end up racking up some student loan debt because you didn't prioritize saving for their college education, if you prioritize those first two things, you know what? You'll be leading a rich life and that's what we care about. Yeah. We try to maintain that balance, man. Like we want to live life now. Yeah. Like you said, but at the same time, also be smart with our money. So it's, it's, it's tough to find that balance as an individual and, and for your family, but hopefully this helps. All right, quickly back to the beer mat. The uh, Firestone Walker, I'm not even going to pronounce it, Wild Ale with Strawberries <laughs> from our friend uh, Josh. Thank you, Josh, for this beer. Like, absolutely delicious. Yeah, I, one, of us, one of us should have taken French in, uh, <laughs> in college. But we didn't. What a waste of time. <laughs> but man, mouth-puckeringly tart, uh, delicious strawberry vibe. Like robust strawberry, you know? Yeah. Like, it was not like this just little strawberry fragrance it's like this full-on it's like i was chewing a strawberry but not like in a bad way it's not like this was a chewy beer it just had lots of flavor awesome for the summer with this heat and having a refreshing beer i love this man this is great yeah thanks everyone for listening our home on the web is howtomoney.com we will have show notes up for this episode and uh, if you like what you hear be sure to let us know we would really appreciate it if you would review and subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or our favorite app, CastBox. So until next time, man, best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.